Proverbs 24, 16. Proverbs 24, 16. I don't often do this, but you may even more than turning to that proverb, you may even more want to turn to the story that's the foundation for today's message, which is out of 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm not going to take a show of hands, but today I want to know if you've had a bad day. I want to know if you've been walking through a season or had a rough, rough patch. Maybe you haven't. Maybe it's a good day today and it's a mountaintop. I don't plan on ruining that for you, okay? But I hope to give you some tools on what to do on a bad day, what to do during a difficult season. Difficult seasons, difficult days come. They can come with news in our career. Sometimes it can be a relationship. Sometimes it could be family thing. Sometimes it can just be a life thing, a situation that um, it's, it's tough. It's difficult. Today's character we're going to um, listen to and lean into is David. Now, this is David before he's king. First Samuel 30 is a unique story, and I'm about to share it, but before I do, here's what the proverb says. Proverbs 24, 16. Now, keep in mind, today I'm going to be using the Passion Translation. I love the way it eloquently and powerfully places the words. Here's what it says. For the lovers of God may suffer adversity and stumble seven times, but they will continue to rise over and over again. But the unrighteous are brought down by just one calamity and will never be able to rise again. I'm zeroing on, on the first half, that first portion of the verse. For the lovers of God may suffer adversity and stumble seven times, but they will continue to rise over and over again. I can't speak on your behalf, but I need that proverb in my life. I can't project my bad days onto you, but I'm so grateful that in the scriptures, we don't find people who only experience breakthrough and reside on the mountaintop. But there are stories, in fact, I guarantee you, your favorite Bible hero or character had a bad day. And sometimes those bad days would get strung together. And it would turn into a difficult season. Well, I hope today to equip you on what to do during a bad day or during a difficult season. So, as I mentioned, if you have your scriptures, it's 1 Samuel in the Old Testament. For those that may be new to scripture, fairly early on in the Old Testament, but 1 Samuel chapter 30. The emphasis, if you're taking notes, the emphasis is going to be on verse 1 through 9. That's where we're going to glean today's message. And I've got six points, which is big for me. So buckle up. I'm going to keep them quick. But I'm going to read the story. And if you can give it as much focus, I'll refer back to it as we go along. Chapter 29 is a unique story. David is actually trying to join his enemies. And you're thinking, why is David trying to join his enemies? He's not the king yet. He's in the journey from being anointed to becoming the king. And in a very obscure, strange passages, we see that David actually tries to take cover in the land of his enemies. And the Philistines, who are his enemies, actually reject him. The king's okay, but all of the military might is like, you can't trust him. And so the king reluctantly says, hey, David, I want you 
they don't. You gotta go. So David is making his journey back to a city called Ziklag. Z-I-K-L-A-G. 1 Samuel 30 picks up on the men arriving back to Ziklag. While they were there, everything has been taken. The town has been burned to the ground by another set of enemies called the Amalekites. David comes up on the scene. When David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, however, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the widow, widow of Nabal the Carmelite, had been taken captive. This influenced and affected David personally. It wasn't like he was the leader and didn't get hit or didn't get touched. But at that time, multiple wives were the way of the world, and he, his two wives were taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went. And as chapter 30 continues, we see in this instance that David recovered all. The key verse I zero in on is 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. If you were to ask me, how is Proverbs 24, 16 proven true? I would say that the lovers of God have a source that the unrighteous do not have. The lovers of God do not only experience life in the natural, they have the supernatural source. Especially on a day like today, the holy day of Pentecost, we understand that we have the Holy Spirit residing and empowering us. Glory be to God. That we have a supernatural access point to the living God. To hear from him and to receive his strength when adversity comes. These six steps that I have are pretty straightforward. I don't have too much time to elaborate on each one, but I, I trust that you could do some of the due diligence this, this week and do the work that the Lord may be leading you into. So, leading us through this is David, and we will take a liberty with his bad day and glean from him. The first step, the first thing we see David gives us permission to grieve. Permission to grieve. Some may call it weep, weeping. 
1 Samuel 30, verse 4, it says, David and the people were with him, lifted up their voices, and what? Wept. And then it goes, until they had no more power to weep. When adversity comes, lovers of God don't sweep it under the rug. Lovers of God don't avoid it. Lovers of God don't participate in pain tolerance simply for the sake of growing in pain tolerance. They have the unique ability to not run past, but to slowly walk through the adversity and the hardship. It is one of the keys to getting to the other side is to admit that pain is there, that difficulty is there. The Lord can heal when we give him permission. The Lord can heal when we're aware of the pain. When we are willing to see and understand and let ourselves experience that difficulty. David didn't bypass, you know, he didn't, he felt the adrenaline rush, I can only imagine. But he wasn't like, look guys, here's what we're going to do. Let's swing by Dunkin' Donuts. I'll get us all the coffee we need, and let's take off and run. Right? He didn't say, listen, listen, I've got an idea. Netflix. We're going to catch up. Now, there may have been a little bit of that involved. But one thing we know is he faced the pain. He wept. He didn't avoid the loss. He didn't somehow switch into statements or hyperbole. He was distressed. He had what was called the 300, the strong, his strong fighting men who no doubt were with him or being grown, if that makes sense, at this point, that that number was accruing. But he experienced the pain. Kelly knows this about me, that occasionally I overdo it um, in my workout or a run. I just get the songs going, the adrenaline. I get what many of you have no idea exists, a runner high, and I'm like, ooh, let's ramp up the speed and go twice as long, twice as far. And inevitably, the next day I'm limping. And she knows better than when she says, babe, what is that? Did you do something to your foot again? No, I'm fine. It's all good. Everything is not a problem here. Oh, I'm fine. You need something? I'll get it. You know? No. That would be crazy. Now, I won't describe how she handles. We're going to look at David on a bad day, not how she handles my bad day. But David, right? Sometimes we're walking through life like everybody's seeing we're limping. Everybody's seeing we have a hard time. Everybody's extending grace, offering us support, offering us help. And we're like, there's nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. Everything is fine. For the fifth hundredth time. And you know what fine is. Freaked out, insecure, neurotic. Okay, never mind. All right. <laughs> you have permission to grieve. You have permission to slow down. You have permission to look something in the face and be like, this really does stink. This is hard. Nobody can project their experience onto yours. We have different pain thresholds. We all come from different backgrounds and different experiences on life. 
And I've known this, that, that something that may be minimal for me may be very difficult for another. And something that may be minimal for another may land up being very difficult for me. You need to validate the grief that is needed. And you have permission to grieve. I think the Christian church, the movement of God across the world is getting better with this and understanding that, man, when adversity comes, there's permission to slow down and be like, man, this is hard. And not to do like Job's friends, try to fix everything, try to tell Job why he brought this on himself, but just to sit and listen and pray. Amen? But you could do that for yourself as well by not avoiding, but entering, entering that. The second step is a little more tricky. It's not as easy, but it's an encouragement nonetheless. Don't get bitter. Don't get bitter. Do whatever it takes to allow the love of God to continue to perpetuate your heart, perpetuate your mind. Many times that's keeping your kingdom spiritual disciplines in practice, even when you don't feel like it. The worst thing you could do when you don't feel like praying is not pray. That's the time to just keep praying and be like, look, feelings, whether you're on it or not, you better get with it. I'm giving you a week. But until you arrive, I'm going to keep praying. It's the best thing we can do. Oftentimes, that'll lead us through and past bitterness. Now, keep in mind, bitterness is, is a destination. That's what I want to encourage you. Bitterness is a destination. Anger Two thumbs up. Anger is part of grief. Loss, part of grief. Bitterness is to arrive at a state of unforgiveness. Forgiveness takes time. Forgiveness takes time. You can't, you can't get there 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours, depending on the difficulty. If you were promised a promotion and then just cut from your job and are now having to investigate a new career, I mean... You're going to be a little P.O.'d at your box. The important thing, though, is not to remain ticked off at your box. But to keep trusting God, to keep reminding yourself of his promises, to keep reminding yourself that you follow the one who actually encouraged. Well, the key to removing bitterness is to pray for the other. To bless them. While you're being cursed. Do not be or do not get bitter. First Samuel 36, David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and daughters. <laughs> the mob needed a scapegoat and David was it. They had their stones ready, their bows and arrows. The man who just led them in military is now the one that they're about to take his life. They were bitter towards him, but you don't find David creating a blame list. You don't find David aggressively attempting to excuse the situation. You find him moving on. To the key in all of this message, this next step, to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Strengthen yourself 
the Lord. 1 Samuel 36, but David. When he's backed into a corner, his mighty men who could take him, no doubt, and are ready to stone him, to wipe out his legacy, to wipe out his future, to pause him and uh, erase him from the records that he could never reach his destination. David did the crucial step to strengthen himself in the Lord. Do you know that the word over your life as a follower of Christ is quite simple? The gates of hell will not prevail against you. The gates of hell will not prevail against you. And that the scriptures encourage us, they equip us, but it's our responsibility to activate that promise in our life. Scriptures are filled from front to back of words of encouragement, of commands, of, 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 of invitations to follow the ways of Jesus, to follow the ways of Christ, to strengthen your relationship with him, not only for the good days, but especially for the adverse days. That David, there was something that happened to David when he was a shepherd boy, he was being trained in intimacy with God. Not when he was king did it suddenly arrive. You know, we ought to follow God. No, when he's in the back hills, the backwoods of Judea, he wasn't even brought to the front. Samuel was like, do you happen to have another son, Jesse? Well, there is this one. He's in the woods keeping the sheep. I guess I could call for him. David. Pushed through even that rejection. But he knew the quiet place, the secret place with God. I can't tell you enough to foster that, to cultivate that in your life, to have a refuge, to know that you are overshadowed even when you feel overshadowed, that you have a place to strengthen yourself in the Lord. That's when our practices surface. That's when our scriptures that we've been storing up from childhood or that great-grandma prayed over us or the quilt that was made with the verse or two or 60. It's a big quilt. That we lean in and we latch onto those promises and we let them take root in our life. Strengthen yourself in the Lord for receive a word from the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord. He found and leaned in and established a way to recognize his continued, complete need for God. And here, a little strange pattern in the Old Testament, but the priest was the one who mediated between God and man. And Abiathar was like a traveling priest. David had a priest with him. He had a portable priest, whatever that means and whatever that looks like. And that priest had what was called the ephod. The ephod was a sacred emblem, a sacred equipment, so to speak, a sacred vessel for the Lord's presence and for the voice of the Lord. And so David summoned the priest and he summoned the ephod because he knew, I've got some ideas, I've got some things I think I can do or we can do, but I need to hear from God. I cannot hear from man I need to receive a word from the Lord. And this is what came. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail 
recover all. Beautiful picture. David asking a question. David has brought his plans. You know, it was more than just pursue. I mean, David had probably his military get all the details together. They worked out the plans, who we'd put where and doing what and everything. But David recognized. I don't know what that moment looked like, but I know it was personal because David was not going to live a life marked by doing things in his own strength and according to his own abilities. And I thank God for the lesson of David in this story because I'm the type that's strengthened myself in the Lord. I'll put my beats in, and we're going to make it happen, somebody. (laughs) And that's not the way to do life. The way to do life is to humble oneself. The way to do life is to commit to obeying the word of the Lord, his scriptures, his word, and his ways above all else when it may not make sense. I'm committed to this truth that if David had received from the Lord, hang back. David would have done it. It's kind of like if you know the, the, the traffic lights. You get red, you get yellow, you get green. Red means... Yellow means, no, speed up. Green means, go. (laughs) It's okay, I can train you, I can train you. I did that this week with Kelly, and it did not go over well, so you're right. Red means stop, yellow means slow, green means go. Can I tell you, don't be intimidated to bring that before the Lord. Hey, God, this is what I'm considering, this is what I'm thinking about. But before I go in my own strength and the strength that I sense from you, more than anything, I want to obey your word and your ways. And that season, that may take a moment to hear a word from the Lord. Some seasons you get a word from the Lord immediately like David did here. Pursue, pursue. This was a time, a significantly time-oriented strategy portion of David's journey. You know, it would be a little strange for God to say, yeah, take the month off. When they're in captivity. No. God knew what David needed to hear. And that next thing is fifth, obey. When you hear the word from the Lord, obey. Trust him. Trust him. Obey his word. First Samuel 39. So David went. So David went. David went. Some of you in here, God may have been asking you to do something and you keep dragging your feet. You're like, why is, why is there so much struggle? Why is there so much difficulty? Why is it always a Netflix? God's like, no, obey. Don't delay, obey. Don't delay, obey. Others of you, you've been running and running, working it, working it, striving it, striving it, striving it. The Lord's like, push pause. Stop. Slow. Don't rush. Don't try to make things happen in your own strength. Allow the Lord. Can I tell you a little, little pivotal piece of our journey? Um, I've gone through a really hard, hard season, you know, um, after graduating university and uh, a season of loneliness. I was like, man, ready to be married. That may have been the problem. But nonetheless, season of loneliness, 
And then there was a season where I wasn't in ministry. I'd gone to university, got my Bachelor of Science in Pastoral Ministry. And man, I knew everything at that point about ministry. And I knew I was the best hire. And uh, it just wasn't happening. It was like a lag, a lag. And I just felt so desperate, so disappointed. And just, I was like, God, I did this for you. Why can't you do nothing for me? You know how self-pity talks. Or am I the only one? Anyhow, <laughs> bummed out, difficult. But I keep, or I kept strengthening myself in the Lord, remaining steadfast, and obeying him day by day, day by day, day by day. September of 2005, I pivoted. I was at a wonderful church just volunteering, and it was a great place, a good church. But there were just some differences in community engagement that I was hoping to find um, at, the, at, at, the, at the next church. Landed up attending a church and, um, you know, went through the process, got connected, and then three months later got hired as a young adult's pastor. Just obeying, obeying, obeying. The first day... After a long delay, after a long difficulty, the first day, God answered a promise over my life. At the newcomer's lunch I happened to go to, there was a lady who had been delaying for three months coming to a newcomer's lunch who happened to show up to the one on December 3rd, 2005, named Kelly B. And that was after a year and a half of delay, of difficulty, hard season, feeling lonely, feeling a lag in career, disappointed. But what did I do? I strengthened myself in the Lord. I received a word from the Lord. This is going to sound very holy. It's going to blow your mind. From the bedroom to the bathroom, in the hallway, I received a word from the Lord. He said, Paul, what are your top three desires? And I was like, I need my top two. Career, wife. And then Went to the restroom, really holy moment, came back to the room. <laughs> the Lord says, I'm about to bring it very rapidly into your life. That happened in August. By December, I was in ministry. And then by February, we were dating. By the next November, I was married. That's just my story. A little bit of it. I wonder what God's writing in your story. I'm wondering what fruit is on the other side of your obedience. I wonder what harvest is coming your way. Because you received a word from the Lord, and instead of minimizing it, you kept it before you. And you're clued in to obey it. 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 Can I just declare over your life and encourage you right now? No prayer is ever wasted. Anytime the Lord, whether through himself giving you an inner witness or you heard it or through another has given you a word, don't waste it. Write that down and keep it before you on the daily because hard days are going to come. Adversity, the wind, it's not always going to be at your back. It may be before you. But can I tell you, I know that's about lovers of God. They keep rising up and rising up and rising up again and again and again, and again, and again. Every time the enemy thinks he knocked them out, they get back up. Every time they get uh, discouraged, they get their heart back. Every time their vision gets minimized and crippled and events and distress, can I tell you, they keep rising again, rising again, 
rising again. And six is coming your way. Recover. David in 1 Samuel 30 verse 19. And nothing of theirs was lacking. Either small or great. Sons or daughters. Spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. The Lord is always on time. He misses a tremendous amount of moments to be early, but he is always on time. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. My word for you today, I pray that you would take 1 Samuel 30, and I mean hold on to it with whatever you have with everything you have. Because you have a voice over your life. Your self-talk, your self-thought, as much as I wish it wasn't the case sometimes when we have our bad days, it's directing our steps. And you have a heavenly Father who promises to never leave you, promises to never forsake you. And on a bad day, I hope I've given you permission now. I hope I've given you the perspective on a bad day, that's the worst time to empower others. It's the worst time to give your emotions over to somebody else. On a bad day, strengthen yourself in the Lord. Through gnashing of teeth and tears rolling down and a little necklace. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Have a good meal. Take a nap. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Read the promises of God over your life. He has faithful, faithful moments in your future. I guarantee it. And it's my privilege to have shared this proverb with you. I'm going to read it one more time. We're going to shut her down. Proverbs 24, 16. For the lovers of God may suffer adversity and stumble seven times, but they will continue to rise over and over again. But the unrighteous are brought down by just one calamity, and will never be able to rise again. I declare over you that you are an overcomer. I declare over you that any attack of the enemy that has come against you, though the weapons may be formed, hear me, they will not prosper. And I declare that the Lord goes before you, the north, the south, the east, and the west over your life. And though shame may try to cripple you, Though your mistakes may try to break you down, I want to remind you that you are a lover of God, that he has promised his Holy Spirit to refresh you, to renew you, to give you the strength you need, and that you, in due course, will recover all. As David, as we see from Job's life, that his promises are yes and amen. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you this morning for giving me a few moments. To encourage you. We've got you covered. Your lunch is taken care of, everybody. Your dessert, too. And I hope you'll join us for the rest of our Summer Fun Sunday with a lunch outside on the back lawn. Let me pray one last time. Remind you, to my left, 
To my right, we've got our prayer team available if you need prayer. Maybe you need prayer from something that was triggered or came up in today's message. Come forward, won't you, and receive prayer. Maybe you just need encouragement or there's a burden you're carrying and you just need somebody else to lend you their faith and strengthen you. Know that they're available. Amen? Lord, thank you again for your word over our life. I thank you for every person here, every family represented, Lord, that your grace would be their portion. Thank you that you go before them in all of their ways, blessing them and keeping them, God. And thank you that your word says that you heal the wounded. Thank you that your word says you comfort the broken Lord, we thank you for your strengthening that only comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen.